Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. All right, what is up, Calvary Live? So good to be with you today on this very cold Colorado, uh, snowy, uh, icy kind of a day. Not sure what the weather's like where you're listening from, but I feel like the last several Fridays have been that. They've been cold. They've been dreary. Uh, but I will say this. I love the snow. I'll take it. I, snow all day long. Give me Christmas 300 days a year and I'm good. Uh, but today is one of those days. A little cold out, a little icy, a little slippery. Be careful if you guys are listening from a local area, how you're driving. My daughter's one of you, so be careful out there. Uh, but so good to be with you guys. My name is Josh Sorensen. I am one of the assistant pastors here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado, right outside of Denver. And it is a privilege truly to be with you today, uh, to help answer any Bible questions you might have, and to pray with you. And that's what this next hour is all about. Calvary Live is here Monday through Friday. Uh, We're here an hour a day, four o'clock to five o'clock Mountain Standard Time, and we are uh, so thankful that we have the opportunity to reach you guys uh, through this avenue of radio and to minister to you. And uh, our producer today, Kevin, uh, behind the other side of the wall, is here to help uh, produce the show. And so we prayed before that the, the show began, just that the Lord would be honored and glorified in this show. That's really what we want at the end of the day. I always think when it comes to any kind of ministry, God, unless you do it, it's just going to fall flat. So would you come and fill us with your spirit and take this next hour and encourage people and uh, lift our hearts together up to Jesus. And there's no greater thing than to be able to pray with one another, I believe, and to be able to talk through God's word together, how that connects with our walk with the Lord, Christian living. So give us a call. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. We would love to hear from you. The show is nothing without you. The show is for you, and so we, we'd love to hear from you. And of course, we've got our text line open as well. That is available during this next hour. And so if uh, what we typically do, just so you know, is if we don't get as many callers at certain times, we'll shift and we'll go over to the text questions. And then, of course, if uh, we some shows are, are, are just callers trying to get through the entire hour, so we'll, we'll take all of those calls that are coming in as, as much as we can. Uh, but for those of you that would prefer to text your question, you're also able to do that and your prayer request. And one of the things we, we guarantee every single time you text a prayer request in is that you will get a response uh, and you will have your prayer request prayed for. So every text prayer request that comes in gets passed down to several prayer teams. And it's the joy of those people that pray week in and week out to pray for you as well. So our text line, 720-336-0897. 720-336-0897. Uh, but for the show, we would love to be able to talk to you. So if you're there and you're thinking, man, I've, I've been 
thinking through this topic or thinking through this issue or it's come up at church this past weekend uh, and I could use some clarity or in my own personal devotional life, uh, this has kind of been stirring. I've got a question about this. Maybe it's a theological issue. Maybe it's something pertaining to, again, as I mentioned, your your Christian walk. Uh, let's see what we can do to, to help. Again, you know, we say that this show is like coming forward at the end of a weekend service to talk to a pastor. And you might have a question for the pastor that the pastor can help answer, or you may want prayer from the pastor. And it's it's a joy that churches are given pastors to pray for the people in the church. And likewise, we always covet your prayer as well for us as pastors. So uh, so do that. Give us a call, 303-690-3000, Bible questions. Uh, and another thing I just love about this show is being able to pray for you. That's one of the group. When I walk away after the, the hour-long show, I just think, man, what a joy to have been able to pray for so many different people uh, with all the things you guys are walking through. Uh, perhaps you're carrying something right now on this particular Friday. Uh, and the Lord would invite you to say, you don't need to carry this on, on your own. You don't need to bear the weight of whatever it might be. You, you might be struggling in a relationship. Maybe it's your marriage. Uh, maybe it's with your parents. Uh, maybe it's with a friend. Maybe it's a coworker. Perhaps there's somebody in your life that has um, received bad news from the doctor and you would like prayer for that particular person. Maybe you've got a, a prodigal son, a prodigal daughter, uh, maybe a prodigal mom or a prodigal dad, and you would like to lift them up and pray for them. Uh, that's also what the show is, is here for, so we can pray with one another. And I say it all the time, but it's not just you and I praying together, and that's wonderful, and I'm honored to be able to do that. But you also have the benefit of, of having a radio audience of who knows how many people that will be listening and praying in agreement. And so there's, there's power in that. There's power in that. And I've been convinced more and more, the older I grow in Christ, the power of prayer. Uh, and so for us to pray for you is our joy, but it's also how God in, in many ways moves his hand through the world when we pray. So if we can pray for you and you are uh, brave enough, <laughs> and I would say even if you're not brave enough, just ask the Lord, Lord, maybe I should give this station a call. Maybe I should just take the step of faith and, and just dial the number, share my prayer request, and receive the prayer. Uh, and for some of us, it might just be maybe I got to humble myself. Maybe I don't typically ask for prayer like this, or maybe I need to be asking for prayer. This is a great first step. And, and again, for me uh, and for Kevin, our producer, and for the other pastors that host the show, it is an honor for us to do this. So, uh, so don't in any way allow the enemy to say, oh, not me. I shouldn't do it. I'm wasting time. None of that is true. None of that is true. So give us a call, please. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number, or text us again, 720-336-0897, 720-336-0897. We got a text message that just came in uh, that is asking my thoughts on the Sozo ministry, S-O-Z-O ministry. Uh, and to be honest with you, I'm not I'm not incredibly familiar with that. I I, I am familiar with a lot of different kinds of ministries out there. Um, as pastors, we're, we sort of want to keep our eyes and our ears open to much of what's happening in the church, and sort of we think we think in those terms, church world. Um, 
Sozo ministry. I'll see if I can do a little bit of research for this during this next hour. Um, I, I, I do know, what I do know about Sozo is that it is a ministry connected to Bethel Church in Redding, California. Uh, and we mentioned this, I mentioned this last week in the show, that there are many great things that come out of Bethel Church. Uh, some of the, the, the worship songs that we sing, you know, I will sing of the goodness of God. All my life you have been faithful. If you know that song, that's a song that came from a couple, a husband and wife that uh, writes music and they're, they're associated with Bethel Church. But I would say that we, we do not ascribe to uh, much of the ministry. And so as I'm looking at Sozo International, it's an inner healing and deliverance ministry, not counseling. Um, and, and so there's there's nuance to this, of course, because we could have a long conversation. Uh, and, and the person that's asking this, I don't know if you're interested uh, in connecting with that ministry or not, but uh, my personal quick advice would be, we, we do not believe in a deliverance ministry, which would uh, entail... Uh, the fact that d- the demons can inhabit Christians or can somehow be part of a generational curse. And uh, that's not something that we believe Scripture teaches. Um, as a matter of fact, we don't want to give more emphasis or more focus to demonic activity and the devil than Scripture does. And, and I'm about ready to jump into a study with the men of our church on spiritual warfare. And there's three positions on spiritual warfare, and Bethel would be in the first category. Um, the first position is where you might take, a, you might place an overemphasis on the devil, an overemphasis on demonic activity to the point where you see a demon of alcoholism and you see a demon of lust and there's a demon of envy. And so you you sort of categorize these demons. And and some people will take a portion of Ephesians 6 and say there are various realms and various legions of different kinds of principalities and spiritual powers. And so uh, these demons can have an effect in your family bloodline where, where if perhaps your great, great, great grandmother was somehow involved in witchcraft or involved in new age uh, sorcery, any of that kind of stuff, that somehow there could be a curse that is now being passed down from generation to generation, and that curse needs to be broken, and you need family deliverance from that generational curse. And perhaps uh, there's a fine line, some, some people would say, between demonic oppression and demonic possession. And that's, to me, that's all nonsense, because you don't see any of that in Scripture. Uh, and, and we just want to follow what Scripture teaches. So there's the overemphasis where we're looking for everything, that every demon behind every rock, behind every bush. Then the other problem uh, or position on spiritual warfare can be the underemphasis, where the enemy, we don't think about spiritual warfare in our lives. Uh, and we just picture the enemy as this cartoon character, this little red devil from underground with the pitchfork. And uh, you got an angel on one side, the devil on the other side of your shoulder. Well, that's nonsense as well, right? Because, of course— there is spiritual warfare. And that's the third option, the biblical option, where yes, we do believe in spiritual warfare. Yes, it wages every single day. Yes, war has been declared upon us as Christians, whether we want it or not. Um, yet we need to approach all these things biblically, biblically. And so again, I don't, I'm not as familiar with Sozo Ministry uh, to the person that asked, but I do know uh, just a, at a quick look that because they're deliverance ministry, and I think they have also got, I'm not sure if it's connected with the supernatural school of prophetic uh, type things that they do there at Bethel Church, um, we, we would not encourage 
that. And, and we could have a longer conversation as to why if there were specific things. Again, great brothers, great sisters, uh, but we're part of a family of churches called Calvary Chapel. And so we have a position on these things that are our convictions based on um, our, our, our family of churches, of course, but our own understanding of God's word. And so we don't believe, we certainly do believe that there can be demonic um, oppression in a believer's life, but we would never say that a person could be possessed, a, a, a Christian, I should say. Now, I have seen unbelievers, non-believers possessed with demons, I believe. I know many friends of mine, pastors, missionaries have experienced that thing. So I'm not negating that by any stretch, uh, but the, but a deliverance ministry entails a lot more than that. And there's, and it's interesting because it's popping up a lot more uh, in our conversations as pastors uh, in um, Southern California. I'm seeing a lot of it out there as well. I, I, I came from Southern California f- a few years ago, a couple of years ago, so if you have a specific question, I'd love to answer that specific question, but that's very general, uh, and there's a lot of nuance, of course, that goes into some of those questions. But with all that being said, we're going to go to the lines. Let me give out the number one more time, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. We're going to go to Julie here in Denver, who it looks like is calling for prayer. Hey, Julie, how are you today? I'm well, thank you. Wonderful. Yes, uh, yeah, so I would like some prayer for me and especially for my brother. Um, it's a convoluted story, but um, we basically had to evict him. And so I also want to know where to look in Scripture because um, there's, I feel like, conflicted where, you know, if somebody, where Jesus says, if somebody asks you for your, you know, your, and I'll be paraphrasing, your jacket, you give them your cloak too. Whereas my brother was trying to steal her house, mm. thought, well, should I just give him the house? <laughs> right, right. And and is your brother? Uh, well, we'll certainly want to pray for him. Is is your brother um, a, a, a proclaimed believer? Is, is is he is he giving these scriptures to you, kind of throwing these out at you, like that you should be giving me the house because Jesus said this, or is this just something you're you're processing through? I'm trying to process through it. My brother is a non-believer, but he will throw those kind of verses out just to mock me. Sure. Um, and he and I do believe that he is possessed. Um, okay. Yeah. Talking about that, um, and I don't. You know, he. There is alcoholism. There is mental illness. There is uh, narcissism, or, or all kinds of different things. We could put a label on it. Um, just an un, general unwillingness to to work. You know to to bring, I don't know, to, to be, I guess, any kind of um, helpful or, you know, he just, it was a long year. So basically he's bankrupted us. He's, um, he took over the house and then he filed a restraining order on us and said we were trying to murder him. And then, you know, we hired attorneys and whatnot. And it's been a long, long journey we finally got our house back okay and um and then you know two weeks after we got it back it was then broken into and ransacked and it's it's just been so much money and it's not just about the money though because it's it's about well now he's homeless who knows where he's at yeah but it's just a series of these things that I'm trying to figure out where do I go to in Scripture to help me process. Yeah. 
Well, that's, that's great. I, I'll answer your question kind of briefly. There's a lot more we could talk about, but I love the passage you gave because that's a lot of times when we, when we think of uh, where do we draw the line between helping somebody and, and then them taking advantage of us. Uh, a lot of times our thoughts do go to Luke 6, where it says there, give to everyone who asks of you and whoever takes away what is yours, do not demand it back. Um, but love your enemies, do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he himself is kind to ungrateful and evil men. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. So you read those, and I think it's good for us to sit with those those passages that, you know, the heart of God um, does teach us as Christians to be loving, to be merciful, to be self-sacrificing, to love our enemies. That means we're loving people that are wanting to do us wrong. Uh, and so as we see the needs of people around us and certainly our own in our own family, our hearts hopefully are full of compassion, even if it's a difficult situation, just as God is, is compassionate towards everybody. Um, so it is right that we would want to have a heart that would want to give to others. And it does please God to see those kind of characteristics in our life. However, I will say this, the Bible also teaches, because we, we could... Uh, we we want to interpret scripture with scripture. We want to balance out what scripture says in these things. Um, and so Jesus says in Matthew chapter 10 to the disciples that I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. This is Matthew 10, 16. So be wise as serpents and gentle as doves. So God is saying there that that, that we do need to take into account wisdom as well and and certain standards in terms of how we give our Time, talent, and treasures, as one one person uh, said it. You know what what we're doing with our money. Where is that money going? Um, when the Bible tells us that we're able to help others, the purpose of of helping another person is never um, to to their detriment, uh, or, or it's never to feed further sin. Um, if there's sinful patterns that have gotten them where they are, and it sounds like with your your brother in this particular situation, um, it's been a pattern of not only sin in his own life, but then sin against you as well. It would be irresponsible to live with no accountability and, and to allow him to live with no accountability. So of course there has to be limits. Proverbs many, many places speaks to these things. Um, yes, of course we want to help someone in need, um, but if it's a chronic life pattern, then I think it's wrong for us to encourage that. It can be harmful because it can contribute to their laziness or to their lack of effort. Um, I think of Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10, Paul speaks there and says, if a man will not work, he will not eat. Um, so, so a much more effective way to help somebody, but of course, most people want your money. Uh, that's at the end of the day, or your possessions. Um, but it would be more helpful to come alongside them and give them biblical counsel and encouragement and principles. And then if they're willing to listen uh, and they're willing to receive that, then through the power of the Holy Spirit, God can easily, uh, in, a, in a moment, reverse the pattern of dependency on other people. If that's what he wants to do. Um, and, but for your brother, he's not even a believer, so he needs to come to know Jesus first and foremost. Um, and then, of course, as, as we are wanting to be good stewards with the house that God has given us, the money that God's given us, um, you know, Jesus does tell us when we put our trust in him and we walk with him, Philippians 4.19, my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and mercy. But that's not just a verse for us. That's also a verse for those people that are struggling financially, that are in debt, that are needing just a word from the Lord regarding these things as well. So 
be careful because people will want to take advantage. Um, it's, it's most importantly, it's a matter of prayer. We need to ask the Lord specifically what he wants us to do. James chapter one, verse five, he promises that he'll give wisdom to us. And wisdom in a case like this would be to recognize a genuine need and discern between that uh, as an opportunity to help um, or a distraction or somebody, you know, so for example, some people are so beaten down by trials and failures that they do need somebody to come alongside them and bring encouragement. Um, And that relationship can be a very trying relationship at times, but it can be a rewarding one if that person is growing um, and they're beginning to take responsibility for themselves and they're willing to hear the Lord and allow the Holy Spirit to move. But other than that, um, you know, we, we have benevolence ministry in the church here, but we can't help every single person. Uh, we, we certainly don't want to aid somebody's poor financial decisions or their character issues, their laziness, uh, especially if that kind of a person is a thief uh, and is stealing and is uh, um, lying, is always connected to that as well. So for us to just say, well, he says, Jesus says, give to whoever gives, even your enemy. So I guess that means I just need to keep giving. That's, that's really not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is communicating there um, the heart of a believer, that our post- the posture of our heart would always be open to giving and being hospitable and being generous uh, as the Lord leads. But, but that generosity should never be to the detriment of another person. And so in this case, I would say, no, I don't think the Lord would want you to give the house to your brother because he's already proven that that's, he's, he's only after stuff. He's not looking for what the Lord is wanting to do in his own heart and his character and, and the things that have brought him to this place. And if you mention, if it's true, if he's a demon-possessed man or certainly he's under the influence of, of darkness, the main need right now for him is that he would have a clear gospel presentation in his life and would receive the gospel and receive Jesus as his personal savior. Because from there, from there, the moment he comes to know Jesus, the Holy Spirit indwells him and begins to change everything. You know, the Bible says all of the issues of our life flow from our hearts. That includes our debt and the reason we are where we are. And God is the one that can come in and can shift and move and clean out and change our hearts wonderfully, beautifully. And that's what your brother needs. He needs a, he needs a heart transplant. He needs God to do a supernatural work in him. Um, and that's not going to come um, by continuing to give him what he's asking for um, in a case like this. But you do need to pray and walk in wisdom. Well, where do we help him? Where don't we help him? If we saw him on the side of the street and he was hungry, of course we'd go out and get him food and give him water. But does that mean we need to continue to allow him to take advantage of us and and then drag us down to a place where we're not able to financially be stable either? Um, because that that is the end goal of all of this. And I don't think that's what Jesus would want for you either. Hmm. Because that is the, that's where the next question leads to is that is that God like trying to shift my path and to not have that house or I I, I guess that's where I just need wisdom and I've had it, it has caused um, me to spiral into depression of course and so I have I, I do try to still read and try to still at least listen to Grace FM but you know it's hard to just even get on your knees anymore it's hard to yeah you know talk to God while I'm driving but that's about as good as it gets right now yeah yeah. Well, I'm so sorry for that. I want to pray for you too. I, I completely get it. I, the depression, the anxiety, the spiraling, I, I understand that. 
you know, one thing a pastor said to me once, I was talking to him about a, a relationship in my life that I've been praying for and praying for and praying for. And I just thought, man, this feels like a hopeless cause. And yet I know that God is able to change anybody and he can do that. And I believe he's a God of miracles. And all of those things are true. Uh, and the greatest miracle is bringing somebody from spiritual death to spiritual life. But the person I was asking for prayer for was a believer. And yet it was a, it's a broken relationship, um, and there's there's all sorts of um, sin involved in that relationship, even though that person's a believer. And so the pastor gave me this advice that kind of freed me a little bit, and he just said, you know, Josh, some things are going to go to the grave broken. Um, yes, God can fix. Yes, God can heal. Uh, yes, God can do the, the things that, that we're asking for in, in relationships, but that doesn't always mean he will. Some things are going to go to the grave broken. You just need to know that. And I didn't feel that that was a pessimistic or a realistic thing. I just felt like, no, that's true. Uh, we, we see that. The Bible says that is going to be the case. Um, and, and yet in eternity, because this particular person I was asking for prayer for as a believer, it will be healed. It will be fixed. There will be no more sin, sorrow, brokenness, dysfunction. All of that will be gone um, for those of us that are, are in Christ Jesus and that have a relationship with him. Um, but for mm -hmm. you, I would say, yeah, continue to pray for God's wisdom. Um, number one, he promises, James 1 is a great verse if you want to, or chapter, if you want to read that. And he, and he promises you there in verse five, he'll give wisdom to anyone that asks and he'll give it generously. Uh, and, and, uh, and he says, we have not because we ask not. So just to say, God, I just need your wisdom in this. God, I don't, I don't know how to best love my brother through this. Uh, I'm angry at him one moment. I feel bad for him another moment. He doesn't know Christ. So he's doing what people that don't know Christ do, which is being you know, selfish and taking advantage of other people because they're spiritually dead. God, how do I help? How can I communicate um, your love to him? Uh, but also, God, how can I exercise discernment? in these situations. God, how can I be wise? The book of Proverbs speaks to, to, to being wise with our time, being wise with our investments, being wise financially. Um, and God, how are you working in all of this? And so I do believe that God is doing a work in you as well. So he is, sometimes it's painful, but he wants to speak to you and wants to draw you close to him. And maybe he's just, he's giving you... Um, an opportunity here just to cry out to him and to and to say god i i have nowhere else to turn but to you and i'm 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 absolutely dependent on you god to to lead me through this because i don't know what to do or where to go uh, mm -hmm. and god will do that he will do that he will be faithful to lead you step by step through this and and so again i do think there's a balance between um having open hands as a posture of being a, a person that, you know, if the Lord has blessed me, I want to bless other people too, but I want to bless other people to the glory of God. And does it glorify God when my resources are going to further perpetuate sinful patterns and, and character mm -hmm. issues? Um, and that's discernment that the Holy Spirit also gives in addition to the wisdom he'll give you in this, with all this mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That's very helpful. Absolutely. Well, can I pray for you and just lift these things up? Yeah. Great. Just please pray for, you know, I, I also am the older sibling, and I've always protected my younger brother. Yeah. So yeah. Kind of where he is not in my hands anymore, and he is in God's hands. And his name is Shane. Shane? Yeah. Okay. So, Lord, you've overheard our conversation, and uh, thank you for your word, Lord, because your word does give us wisdom in these things. Your word does guide us. Uh, it, it gives us everything that we need 
that pertains to godliness and pertains to life. So I'm thankful for that, God. And I want to pray for Julie, and I want to pray for Shane. Uh, I'm so thankful for her, Lord, her, the big sister uh, that, that loves her brother. And I, I, I believe, Lord, she wants the best for him. What, what sister wouldn't want that for her brother? And yet, of course, he's taken advantage of her, Lord. He's, he's, as she's mentioned, um, it's been such a difficult situation, had to evict him. Um, so hard, so hard, Lord, to walk through these things. Um, and so I just pray, God, that you would put a hedge of, of your protection, Lord. Uh, uh, your word says that, um, Lord, that you garrison us, that you, you put that wall around us, Lord, that protects us from the enemy taking advantage of us, uh, the one that would come to steal and to kill and to destroy, uh, the one that is a liar from the beginning, uh, the one that is the author of confusion. I pray, Lord, that you would garrison her, that you'd You'd, you'd hedge her close to you, Lord, uh, and that she would be hearing the voice of God through the word of God ministering, Lord, to her uh, through this. And we pray for Shane that he'd come to know Jesus. And I also want to pray, Lord, as we come up on the break here, just that you would strengthen uh, Julie in this moment, help her with the depression, Lord Jesus. Uh, give her a, a fresh filling of your Holy Spirit. And we pray these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. All right, welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. My name is Josh. I'm your Friday host. Great to be with you today. Uh, Again, coming to you from the Grace FM studios here in Aurora, Colorado, outside of Denver. Our number is 303-690-3000. We've got one line open, and we would love to hear from you, 303-690-3000. Our text line as well is now open, 720-336-0897. Open for your questions, uh, and I see a few of them coming in. Always open for your prayer requests, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, So if you want to collect that text number, save it in your phone, use it for prayer requests, uh, to to shoot a prayer request out at any time of the day or night, uh, we welcome that. 720-336-0897. So let's go ahead and get back to the lines here. We're going to go to Hector calling from New Jersey. Hector, how are you doing today, brother? It's Edgar. I'm sorry. Edgar. Great. Gotcha. Thank you. Wonderful, Edgar. How can we help you today? I'm doing well. Good. Uh, I'm doing well yourself. Doing great. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yes, I was just calling for a prayer request because I feel double-minded because I have a lot of debt. But I, I pray to God. I I, I put it. I laid out his feet, but I, I, I'm still worried about them. I just wanted a prayer request. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I- interesting because we were talking a little bit about some of that. Do you, Do you feel that the debt that you've incurred has been? Um, Kind of has it been the result of decisions you've made, poor decisions, spending those kind of things, or do you feel that the debt was um, something that came upon you that was out of your control? Out of my control. I, I, I had um, I recently had um, triplets. Not recently, two years ago, and my wife and my wife and I were both working. Right now, I'm the only one working, so all the finances fell on me. That's why I fell more into debt. Yeah. Yeah, I, I understand. It, it is, man, financial weight uh, can can be a mountain. That's the way I've worded it, a mountain 
that stands in front of us sometimes. And uh, it can feel like we, there's, I don't know how I'm going to get past this. Uh, and then, as you said, you've got the debt, um, but then we begin to worry about the debt. And we know the Lord doesn't want us to worry. We know that he promises he will supply all our needs according to our riches in Christ Jesus. And, and I, I, I feel that, brother, like kind of standing in between that. Um, I got a text from someone earlier. I want to just read to you. Maybe this will be an encouragement to you. Um, you know, I do think when there's debt, financial debt, obviously there there's many avenues available to try to work that debt down rather than kicking it down the road and not addressing it. Um, so I'll pray for you, of course, Edgar, that God would give you some some wisdom and some of those things and how to help um, – you know, alleviate this debt that, that is in front of you. But at the end of the day, this text said, this morning I was listening to Second Chronicles chapter 20, where Jehoshaphat says that famous line that we all know, quote, we don't know what to do. Our eyes are on you. Right before he says that, he says, we are powerless before this great horde, speaking of the army, that comes against us. And many people feel that way with finances. Um, many people feel like they don't have the, 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 perhaps the time to work extra side gigs, trying to make extra money, um, or they, they're not working a six-figure job to solve it, and it feels so big. Um, so God has to, has to give that wisdom that he promises in James chapter 1. Uh, it also says uh, that as Israel rose up the next day to go into battle, God told them that they would be fine. And so they rose up with praise to him before the battle even began. And I do believe that no matter what is we're up against in life, whatever trial, whatever difficulty, whatever mountain, uh, that, that our stance can be a stance of praise to him in the face of what seems like in, insurmountable odds or, or just wave upon wave of, of overwhelming uh, the, the, I call it the weight that we sometimes feel that we're carrying. And debt certainly is that. Debt certainly is a weight. Um, and so I want to pray for you, brother, that God will give you the, the ability to get out of that debt. Of course, I know that that's what you want. Um, but until that happens as well, that, that God would give you a sense of his peace, um, that he is going before you as you submit and surrender these things to him. I always think too in my trials, this this is a hard thing to do, but I always think, okay, God, so if there's if there's financial debt, Lord, uh, help me to see where could I be a better steward of of the money that you've given me? Where have I spent maybe too much money in this area that was unnecessary? Um, or I've had these patterns that have that have perhaps not helped me pay down my debt. Um, and then of course there are, as you as you mentioned, Edgar, you had triplets. What a what a like there's nothing greater than that. What a joy uh, that, that yeah. God's blessed you in that way. But that's incurred debt. That's incurred medical bills and uh, and so Kind of just, Lord, what is it in my character and my heart that you're doing with this trial? Because every trial that's brought into our life is meant to be, um, it's meant to test your faith. That's why God allows it. He wants to see, okay, you, you say you trust me. You say you believe in me. Um, so let's test it and see. And, and finances is one of the areas, man, that like, well, once that gets touched, it's like, okay, now I'm, now I'm really up against like, do I really trust God or not? Um, uh, but, but he's doing a wonderful work in you and, and, and 
First Peter says those trials sometimes feel like we're walking through fire and it's painful and we just have to trust the Lord. Like we like there's no other option, Lord, but for me to cast myself before you and say, God, help me. Would you help me in my relationships? Help me in my finances? Help me in my job, Lord? Um, would, would you, just, Lord, just go before me in these things because I know that you care. Uh, and, and that's why he says in Philippians, Paul says to be anxious for nothing. Uh, but in everything with prayer and supplication. And then he adds this, which is really important, with thanksgiving. Um, so, so don't be anxious, but thank God is what Paul is saying and pray to him. And supplications is just another way of saying, God, would you supply? God, I've got this mountain of debt. Would you supply for me? And then it goes on to say, when we do that, when we take that heart posture with God, that he replaces that with a peace that passes all understanding that guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. And I want to pray that for you, Edgar, but but also just if if God's testing your faith through this uh, and you're realizing, man, my faith is not as strong as I thought because I'm worrying more about it than I am trusting the Lord with it, um, that's a great place to be and just say, so Lord, I need you to help me because I'm not where I want to be in terms of being able to trust you and to and to seek out your wisdom and your um your counsel lord in terms of what are the next steps to take moving forward um, but i can tell you edgar he loves you uh, he promises he will supply all your needs according to the riches in christ jesus he doesn't promise us health and wealth we know that um, but he does promise us that he is our provider he's jehovah jireh uh, that he is able that this mountain that feels insurmountable uh, is is nothing to him. It's nothing to him. He could change it in a moment if he wanted to. So if he doesn't, then let's just pray and ask God, what is it that you're doing? Uh, and, and if that means taking a look at myself, God, where do I need to be more obedient? Where do I need to be more wise in my spending patterns? Where do I need to, do I need to take up another job? Lord, just give me the wisdom and all of these things to help. God, God will begin to provide that, that, that wisdom for you. He promises he will. Okay. So yeah, let's pray, brother. Absolutely. God, I thank you so much for Edgar. Thank you uh, just for his heart to want to call and pray. This is a big deal. Lord, drowning in debt, as he mentioned, uh, and it's it's hard not to worry, to stop worrying about that. And we know, God, that we're all prone to that. Every single one of us are prone to worry when something is so looming over us, when that dark cloud uh, just feels like it's not going away. It's hard not to get discouraged. But God, you do say in your word that we can take our cares and we can cast them on you. And and your word says, Lord, as we read the story of Israel, that when, when they obey you, blessing follows, Lord. And I know for Edgar, he he he's calling for prayer. Um, and I pray, God, that his heart would want to be the heart that just obeys you, whatever that looks like in his life. Uh, and, and that blessing of the Lord will follow. And sometimes that blessing might be financial blessing, but perhaps not. Perhaps it's going to be a peace in the midst of this, uh, a blessing of, of peace from the Prince of Peace himself, Lord, that you promise you give. Uh, and, and then wisdom. You say, God, that you give generously to all who ask. And wisdom is what we need when, and when we're dealing with budgets and dealing with money and dealing with taxes. And some people are good at that. And I thank God that there are people in the church that can help people like Edgar through some of those kinds of things, resources that are available. Um, and, and yet, Lord, there are other moments when we're just like, just before you, we, we don't know where to go, like Jehoshaphat said. Um, and yet, 
the posture that Jehoshaphat and the army took is that they praised you for the victory before the victory even happened, Lord. So I just pray that you'd give Edgar a, a heart that is light, uh, that is able to praise in the midst of uncertainty, that is able, Lord, to say, yes, Jesus, I do believe that you love me. I do believe that you care about the debt. I do believe that you care for my three precious children. You've given them to me. That's not a mistake. That's not an accident. You are a sovereign God. Uh, and no no amount of money uh, would replace those three precious lives that you've given to them. So I pray, Lord, that there would be a rejoicing in the gift of, of life and, uh, and a wife and a family that you've blessed Edgar with, and you've blessed him with an ability to make money, a job, Lord. And, and so I just pray now for the wisdom moving forward um, to help him with this debt. Uh, but 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 beyond that, Lord, the deeper work that you're doing, the deeper work of trust and of faith and of believing in the good character of God in the midst of this. And then, God, you'll do what you want to do through this. I have no doubt. But I also have no doubt that this is not a mountain in his life uh, that, that, that you can't cast into the sea, Lord. Uh, and so we just pray that, Lord, you would, you would do all the things, the, the good things that you're wanting to do. They may be hard things but they're good things, Lord, that, that you're doing in Edgar's life and his wife's life, and then, of course, the life of, of his precious family. And so we put these things before you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, brother. Well, thank you, man. And feel free to call if, you know, if this is just a kind of a consistent uh, struggle. Feel free to call anytime and ask for further prayer. And let's just continue to lean into the Lord and ask him what he's doing through all of this and, and trust him in the midst of this. Thank you very much. All right. You're welcome. God bless you, man. God bless you, God. All right, so we've got one line open, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Next, we are going to go to, uh, let's see, Patrick from Baltimore, Maryland, which is not too far from where I used to live. Hey, Patrick, how you doing? Hey, good, uh, good. Hey, God bless you guys. You're doing a great job. God continue to bless you. Hey, I do have uh, two questions. I'll make it very quick. Um, The first question is, why do we always say, uh, uh, may the Lord um, be blessed? Um, if he's, he's God, he's our God, he's our, um, our creator, he doesn't need any blessing from us. Uh, number two, um, so recently I've been thinking about this. Um, I'm a child of God, I, and I thank the Lord for dying for me and all the promise that uh, in his death, um, eternity with God, uh, as long as he's my Lord and Savior. Uh, however, I, I do ask my co- myself from time to time, there have been recent discoveries um, in terms of the galaxies in the universe, um, and they are coming life, you know. It's not like they used to be like like fiction, but now we, 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 we know that they are so many galaxies out there. And what is fascinating is also the discoveries of exoplanets. And now there is uh, a high probability that uh, one day we just wake up and they say, hey, there's life on our planet. Um, I don't want to, you know, think like, okay, it will never happen. But what if it happens one day? And if that happens, if that it does happen, then as a child of us, they believe that what the Bible has said, uh, my, my, my belief in Christ and about eternity with God, and it's truly 
uh, Christ that um, says, uh, then what what, is, what will be that implication? Does that mean that Jesus knew all this thing? He, he never said it. He never said anything about it. Uh, and if it is not, then what 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 is it? Um, can you help me understand that? Because uh, I believe, I strongly believe that there is going to be someday there will be life on another planet. But the Bible doesn't talk about any other life source apart from the one we have here on Earth. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, great questions, man. Thank you. I appreciate both of those. Uh, so first question, um, why do we say things like bless God or um, bless the name of God? Um, I, I think when we think of blessing, we think of God giving us um spiritual blessings in the heavenly places, as it talks about in Ephesians chapter one. And those can be all sorts of wonderful blessings that come from God. But but to bless God uh, is a biblical word. It literally means, the Hebrew word for bless means to praise um, or to kneel. So the implication of kneeling, of course, is kneeling in worship. Um, the King James Version oftentimes will even say, bless the Lord. Um, so you'll hear it in the Psalms, many different places. Uh, Psalm chapter 16, verse 7, I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. Uh, his, Psalm 103, verse 1, one of my favorite Psalms, 103. Uh, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. So we offer him our praise and blessings, um, meaning our, 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 our praise and our worship. When we say blessings, we are praise and our worship because he deserves them. So again, unlike God's blessings upon us, we don't deserve his blessings. Um, but because of his grace and his mercy, um, God is a blessing God. And he's done this out of uh, his own um, kindness and ge and generous grace-filled heart for for its children he's blessed us um, but scripture tells us that we that God is glorified when we bless and praise and acknowledge him as well um, no no man again can bless God uh, unless we are right with God um, and so of course uh, in order for us to be right with God we need to be born again um, but uh, you know, it does say in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, and I love this, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he, so blessed meaning praise, worship, is, is, that's who he is. So blessed be God. And then it says in Ephesians 1, 3, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. So we have been truly blessed by God and we can bless and praise and worship him in return uh, in a way that pleases him. So that's the idea of, of, of blessing God when we, when we see it in terms of scripture. Now, again, people can take that word and use it in unbiblical ways, I'm sure, um, depending on the church context or what's being said. Uh, it, you know, but, but in terms of what Scripture says, we, we do have precedent to say to God, bless you, God. Um, bless your name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. In terms of your second question, um, you know, if, if there's alien life in other planets, how does that impact us uh, as Christians? I will say at the end of the day, the short answer is that I don't believe it will have any effect on genuine Christianity um, because the Bible stands as written. Um, and no matter what kind of secular theories are out there, aliens or advanced 
um, you know, discovery of life on other planets, the Bible says a few things that are very important, and this will never change. The Bible says that the earth and mankind are unique in God's creation. Uh, the Bible says that he's, he created the earth before he created the sun and the moon and the stars, and that would include other planets. Um, of course, there are strange things that take place. Um, there, as we read the news and there's science, um, but, but, you know, whether those people want to call that phenomenon aliens or UFOs, um, the, the reality is we also know that we have a very real enemy, uh, and that very real enemy would love to come and to deceive. And so who knows when we hear these reports of, of uh, alien life and transients, uh, close encounters and the ethereal and other planets and is there life out there, all those kind of things. Um, we know this, that the devil is a deceptive enemy uh, and that we could easily point so much of that to the activity of demon demonic activity. Um, it says in Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse one, that in the last days there is going to be a powerful delusion. So I don't know. Is that going to include um, some kind of uh, alien activity that that people are going to be deluded with? Perhaps some people have said when the church is raptured, maybe there will be a theory of alien abduction when the church is raptured. But where I find my comfort is to know this, um, that man is created in the image of God, um, that we are unique and set apart from all other creation, uh, that Jesus sent his only son to save mankind and to redeem creation, Um and of course, some people want to ask the question, well, does that include other planets? And if there were other planets, did God manifest himself and show himself to those alien life forms on the other planet? Um, I will say another consideration is if in the book of Leviticus, it tells us human life is in the blood. Uh, and that's why Jesus had to come and shed his blood. Um, but we know this, man is made in the image of God. Um, and, and that means, of course, that we have rationality, morality, um, we don't have any evidence uh, of um, any anything outside of life uh, that contains blood or that kind of the kind of things that Scripture talks about. But at the end of the day, again, this is where I stake my claim. I know that there's going to be a delusion, so I'm aware that there's a very spiritual reality, and that could come in all sorts of forms. It could come in the form of demonic activity, alien activity. The enemy himself could could come as an angel of light and appear as something beautiful and wonderful from God himself. Uh, and and people will be deluded, it says, Second Thessalonians. But uh, the Bible, as it's written, gives us what we need for all things pertaining to life and to godliness. And I do not believe uh, I, I, that Jesus shed his blood for aliens um, because scripture doesn't tell us that. There's no inkling of that. There's no idea of that. Um, so this is me right now in, in, in my thoughts about this. I hold to what scripture says. He created the earth before he created all the planets, again, as I mentioned before, it is unique in God's creation. Mankind is, is the pinnacle of his creation. That's where he said it is good because he created us in his image. Sin was brought into the world, of course. And so he sent his son to save us from our sins. That is what we know. That is what we hold to. That is what we believe. 
And, and, and in the final analysis, all the conjecture of what would happen to our faith if there were aliens that were proved to be real, it's, it's, at this point, it's really unhelpful because, um, you know, uh, we're warned against getting caught up in foolish arguments, those kind of things that breed quarrels and controversies. So Satan doesn't, Satan wants us focused on all of that confusion um, and away from the word of God. But, but we want to stay focused on what God has revealed of himself to us. So I hope that answers your question, brother. I really appreciate that yeah. question. Uh, there, there's, you know, I would, there's a lot of other places too. There's some great creation um, uh, research institute answers in Genesis. Uh, those are two in particular off the top of my head that you could go research. They do talk about alien life forms and these kind of things and how that would impact us as believers and our faith, uh, which their conclusion is the same. It, it doesn't change our faith because it doesn't, God's word doesn't change. His word remains uh the same, and, and it's a word that is going to last for eternity. Um, so we have that to hold on to in the midst of all of the confusion and delusion and arguments and all these things that no doubt are going to be a part of the last days that we're heading into and that we're in right now. Okay, so uh, in this case, so, so what? I'm just saying this, okay? Um, I'm not saying that, that that affects my belief. What if one day or... Um, Something happened, not even in my generation. There is a planet that contains, that has life. Yeah. Yeah, so if there's life on other planets, uh, if that were to be the case, again, this is all conjecture, so we're kind of stepping into something that uh, we don't know about. Um, We know this, um, going back to Scripture, Psalm 19, verse 1 says that the heavens declare the glory of the Lord, the firmament shows the work of his hands. So everything that God has made, um, you, me, the wildlife, angels, stars, planets, uh, let's say maybe life on other planets, we do know all of it has been created for his glory. Um, So we know that. David wrote when he looked up into the sky in Psalm chapter 8, I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained. And he's thinking of all the stars and the planets. And, you know, we can't even, we've, we haven't even gotten to the, the pit, you know, the breach, the edge of, of all of the galaxies and the, the universe that we live in. So if, if there were life outside of planet Earth, um, Scripture tells us everything that he's made has been made for his glory. Uh, again, it's impossible for us to know how many stars there are right now. We, and, and yet it says that he can name every single star. Um, space and planets were created for his glory. The solar system was created for his glory. Um, the expanding universe, uh, you know, the next star closest to us is the sun, which is four light years away. And that isn't even a measurable fraction of the size of the known universe. So all of it has been created for his glory. So as to whether there's life on other planets, again, we don't know. Um, There's no evidence at this point of that. Um, But as I mentioned, considering the nearness of of the end times, um, you know, whether life exists or doesn't exist, uh, there will be delusion. But God is still the creator and the controller of all things. And at the end of the day, I'm going to hold on to what his word says, that all things were made for his glory. And and so if an alien pops out of the sky and reveals himself, then we'll have to think through that. But that won't affect my confidence in what his word says and my faith that I am still, as a mankind created in his image, set apart from all the rest of creation. Thank you so much. Uh, I think I, I feel better now. Yeah, great questions. And again, I encourage you, uh, uh, Creation uh, Research Institute, Answers in Genesis, those would be two places to check out that are 
uh, wonderful, that are wonderful to, to, um, to be able to get some more thought behind this from guys that are scientists as well that would be able to help answer some of your questions. Thank you, sir. All right. Thank you, brother. Appreciate your question. All right. God bless you. All right. My producer is telling me that the sun is not uh, four light years away. So maybe I misquoted there. My apologies. I will say Kevin is probably much more scientific than I am. Uh, But he is saying it is 8.33 light minutes away. And uh, so above my pay grade, above my pay grade. But I do trust in the word of the Lord. (laughs) That that I do know. That's where I anchor my hopes. So uh, great question. Thank you guys for calling. Appreciate it. We've got a few minutes left here. Actually, we've only really got about two minutes left. Uh, So let's see. Uh, We're going to go here to, I see there's a couple of people waiting online. So again, I apologize. We can't get to both of you, but the next person in line is Michael. Uh, And Michael looks like you're looking for prayer. So if you can uh, give us your prayer request in about 30 seconds here, I hate to make this quick, but we want to get you in before the show closes here. Yeah, it's just a request for my mom. Uh, Over the last year, I guess her husband's been beating her again, and we just barely found out today. But I just, for whatever reason, I just have that feeling she's not going to be with us here in a few months. So just prepare prayer request for her. For your mom. Absolutely. And, and I'm sorry, I'm, I couldn't hear. And what did you say at the very beginning? Somebody's beating her. Is that what you said? Yeah, her husband is uh, beating her again. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely something if that's happening, you know, we if it was anyone here in the church, we would make sure that there's, and, and I'm assuming this has been done, but a claim put in. Um, with the local police department to let them know that this is happening uh, for her safety. The uh, thing is that uh, she doesn't want to report it, and she just, for whatever reason, she just, like, I don't know, I think she just lives that life that she's okay with it, and, you know, it's not a big deal. And, you know, I don't have remorse for her because she's been through this before and with this guy, and she just doesn't want to change it. I feel bad I don't got remorse, but I just don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah, that's that's so hard, man. And I'm so sorry you're put in that position to have to see your mom um, being not only physically hurt, but uh, also kind of just staying in a situation like that. You hear that a lot, p- abusive situations where people stay. Sometimes they don't know uh, or believe there's any other option or way out for them. Um, but Lord Jesus, I just want to lift up Michael to you. I do pray that you'd watch over his mom, protect her, um, there's, I know there's a lot more to the story than what, what I could get here in a 15, 20 second uh, phone call. But you see, Michael, I'm so thankful that he called, so thankful that he cares for his mom and wants to bring not just her before you right now, um, but more than that, Lord, you see it and you know it. Uh, and, so, and so we put these things before you now in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.